0: And it's another special edition of the free clinic where Dr. Rajbans answered your medical questions on our FB live session. Dr. Rajbans, how are you feeling? Good, good. Alright, ready to answer some difficult medical questions.
1: It is the free clinic on uh, our Facebook Live. So, if you have any medical questions at all, you can just write them down on the comments down below. Okay, let's start with the first one that we received (laughs) from Intan. I'm in my 40s now, but still suffer from pimple breakouts, eczema and hives. Does it have anything to do with the weather? Because once it gets hot dry and dusty then my nose gets runny i try my best not to take too much antihistamines for fear my body will develop an immunity to it and i've I'll, i've tried all sorts of natural soaps i eat as clean as possible but it still still flares up what else can i do can I, doctor? doctor
2: yeah i mean uh, if you're looking at this uh, whole the things you're talking about is allergies eczema you know uh, uh so these are all part of the same uh, category you know she's probably having a lot of inflammation going on in the body now things like heat yeah she says uh, some sort of allergies can do it and uh, you know even things like uh, the weather you say, you know the weather but most of the time it's just some toxins, some sort of uh, uh, food that she's probably allergic to so these are some of the things that she has to look at i mean she's good she's eating cream uh, and uh, you know she's uh trying all the, the you know the like natural slopes and all that but the other thing that sometimes we don't realize is things like you know stress poor sleep all these also can increase your inflammation and actually trigger off this type of uh, you know uh, symptoms so uh, i would actually try uh, again looking at her whole lifestyle uh, so eating clean is very good uh, look at the environment anything there that could be causing allergies if worse come to worse she has to go and go for an allergy test there look at food intolerance, Some of, these are some of the things that can be looked at. Uh, time being, I would want her to, you know, even try a course of probiotics she's not tried before. Because probiotics, uh, they say sometimes the toxic gut syndrome can also cause this type of symptoms. So, uh, these are some of the things she has to look at. Now, uh, I would really, in a very bad uh, situation like hers, I would really want her to go into a whole sort of cleansing diet. So looks at things like detox, you know. Sometimes things like intermittent fasting can help. So it's a whole lifestyle change as you look at, and uh, because it's it's this chronic inflammation going on in the body, and these are all part of the same spectrum: uh, eczema, allergies, part of the same spectrum. Pimple
1: so, breakouts as well.
2: Yeah, it's same. It's the same thing. You know, when you're young, maybe it's a bit of uh, let's say the hormonal things, but as you're getting older, like this, is all part of free radicals, inflammation, and this is a whole spectrum. There, food. Your stress, your sleep, you know, toxins, uh, chemicals, a lot of things that are going in, and that could be even from your environment. So it's a whole thing to look at. Not easy. I agree with her that too much of uh, medication, like antihistamines, or if sometimes dr Jen give you steroids. All these I would avoid if really possible, unless it's really severe. And even if you do take uh, just a short course for a while, right? But uh, overall, this is the thing she has to do. Uh, overall, like I call it, like an overhaul of your whole body, uh, you know. Does uh, go uh, then...
0: for something like Chinese medicine because technically isn't something like this what Chinese would say is your body is heathy in a way is it true?
2: Yeah. So. I mean, uh, I think what they when they mean by HITI uh, is probably inflammation that we talk of in the Western doctors. Sometimes it is a good idea, you know, looking at alternative therapies, you know, whether you look at Ayurveda or Chinese medication, homeopathy. But sometimes they have uh, therapies that might be helpful because Western medicine, we only can control symptoms, we don't have cure. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. must go to a qualified person because you, know, whoever you're going out there, if it's alternative, make sure it's someone very qualified. Who, today the ministry of health has a list of people who are in complementary medicine or alternative medicine who are registered so when we'll look at that so but try the lifestyle first and see where she, whether that helps her
1: That's, um so you do get immune to antihistamines if you take it too much
2: you don't get immune but ultimately it's uh, they, just uh, symptom control i mean you take it for five days you stop your underlying problem is that you're going to come back anyway so you're going to keep on taking drugs that are just going to cause more side effects makes you know mm. dentist make your mouth dry make your skin dry you know and some some of them will make you drowsy so uh, i would not want to take that unless really necessary for a short while just for symptom control because they do not cure you anyway
0: now Dr. one on a related note um i know a person uh, very very well okay fine it's me uh, i just don't know because sometimes <laughs> I i don't know whether <laughs> like i don't have pimple breakouts on my on, on my face or anything but i sometimes get boils that cause sometimes i'm i'm tired i'm sleepy i don't sleep well whatever i'm stressed i get boils in the strangest places i won't tell you where but why do they happen are they is it the same thing as eczema and hives and pimples
2: no this boils basically is infection you know, and it's normally because of uh, skin infection, like septococcus or staphylococcus, and that normally ha- happens when your immunity comes down. So sometimes what you, you're saying is, you know, stress and, you know, not enough sleep, and sometimes uh, wrong diets and all that. It is a stress to the body. So your immune system actually comes down and you're actually getting skin infections, right? Uh, so these are some of the things you uh, have to be careful because that means, suggests your immunity, you, you know, go ahead, uh, you don't have diabetes or anything, is it? No, nope. that's the one thing you have to really look at. If people get boils, you must check for sugar. Really? Mean, yeah, because uh, people diabetes are more prone for things like this. Because again, the immunity comes down. So uh, a lot of times, people don't know. You know, that's why I we talk about this COVID, it's your lifestyle that actually we you know about the outside things we talk about. you Know your social distancing and all hygiene and everything very important. But building up your immune system is also very important. So the right diet, exercise, you know, having the rights of sleep, reducing stress, maybe certain supplements to build up your immunity. So all those are important. But sometimes we forget about that part of it, you know. So I think that is also very important. So wow. you just check How and see what part your boil. Have... Sorry, what that? How do
1: we know what is the boil and what is the pimple? It could be a pimple that's a very large pimple. Does it yeah, turn into a boil? Both,
2: most both of them are basically infection. You know, the pimple also is just some infection that's going on Boil is uh, probably getting bigger that means the infection is getting or in the simple words getting more right and uh Mm. so sometimes boils you end up having to take antibiotics to cure it or antibiotic Mm. creams Uh, but if you find your immune system gets better it will go away
0: oh okay
1: so it's all got to do with your immune system In the, at the end of the day. We were
2: just
0: talking about this because uh, Belle and I are very particular about our, our, of eating well now. Try Because we, we hang out with you so much, Dr. Rajwans, <laughs> that you always talk about um, <laughs> the blue zones and eating well, because that's the real key to keeping yourself healthy. But I never knew that boils could be the sign that I might not be eating as healthy as I should be. Maybe I I might be diabetic, really? Uh,
2: good to check. When was the last time we checked your sugar?
0: Uh, I know I'm a sweet guy I never knew that uh, I uh, there's a lot of sugar
1: uh,
0: just make sure have you uh,
1: ever checked for your sugar levels actually
0: no I, I don't yeah. have a history of um, diabetes oh no my grandmother had it um, maybe I should go and check it just, just in case it. right
2: just in case yeah and get them do the 3 month sugar the HPA1C the sugar in the cell which is more accurate so just get that done uh, just, just to rule out you know and then after, again, look back at your, you know, a lot of times, simple things like poor sleep or stress is that people don't realize can reduce your immunity, you know?
0: Yeah, because it doesn't and, happen all the time. It's just yeah. once in a long while. Like once, then it happens once every two years. And after that, it doesn't happen for a few oh, years. And then it comes back, yeah. you
2: know? It, it then can't be diabetes because diabetes, uh, they, they get it very recurrent, very often. So that is probably just the oh, phase yeah. where your immune system came came down and, you know, you get to So, so I wouldn't worry about that. Yeah. But I still might should check should my yeah, be, yeah yeah
1: just check <laughs> see all right. We're joined today by Dr. Rajbans for our free clinic on Healthwise. Uh, and if you have any medical questions at all, you can leave them in the comment section below, and Dr. Rajbans will be able to answer them directly for you right now. And uh, we have a question from Liz Hodges. Uh Dr. Rajbans, may I know if I take glucosamine plus? Three-in-one for my knee can help that I don't have to go for knee surgery.
2: Yeah, I mean, can someone uh, take
1: glucosamine yeah, just to help their knee?
2: Yeah, I mean, when she said three-in-one, they talk of glucosamine, chondroitin, and MSM. And uh, it all depends on what stage your, your osteoarthritis is because you grade one to four uh grade one is very early grade two is there some you know inflammation going on and some damage grade three where they are you know you're losing most of the cartilage and your joints are uh, you know uh, getting worn out Grade four is basically all the cartilage is gone now i think if you're still in the grade one or two taking things like glucosamine might sort of help the pain might sort of you know delay uh, the progression of the disease uh, you know very control some studies say they do some don't they say they don't um, so but basically from my own patients who i've seen who start early they sort of you know get symptom control their pain gets better their mobility gets better and i think that's good because they delay but once you go to grade three or four uh, I, I don't think so you you those those uh, you know supplements will help anymore uh, now, why do you need surgery? Very simple. One is the pain is unbearable. That means, in spite of you know all the modalities you are using, the doctors are using whether physiotherapy or painkillers, your pain is still not getting better. You know, even pain at rest. Number two is affecting your activities or daily living. Like some people still want to go out there, and, you know, swim or, or ride a horse or play golf, and if they can't do that anymore, it causes depression. You know. So they want to get their knee operated on, right? Where somebody else who is just happy just as long as they can just walk with the walker, they don't mind, that's enough for them. So the the involving activities or dealing is varies from person to person. So some people want to be more active and this knee is really causing them an issue. They might want to do surgery earlier. And the other one is the pain. But, you know, doing a surgery again is for its own consequences. So uh, though it's safe nowadays, but still, you know, you want to prevent that. So again, picking up things early, exercising, getting your quadricep muscles strong, making sure the muscles around the joint are strong, uh, uh, trying all the supplements and all that will help. Now, the early studies have shown grade one and grade two respond well to stem cell therapies and a lot of research going on in that. So once again, if you are gone to grade three or four, you you again, stem cells won't help. So it's important to see where you are and if you have a knee pain, go and see a doctor, so at least he can tell you where you are, you know. Is it really osteoarthritis and if it is What grade are you in? And what are the, some of the... There are also other medications that are non-painkillers that have some benefit on uh, on uh, you know osteoarthritis. There are different types of supplements that are coming in, made from soy, made from avocado, and all that seem to have some benefit. So these are some of the things, you know, muscle extracts are helping. They say omega-3s may help in the, some of the inflammation. So again, go back and talk to your doctor and see what you can do, to prevent or slow down the progression. You know, as long as you can. And ultimately, yeah. if surgery is option, then no choice. But if you can delay it or prevent it, that will be the best.
1: So, just taking glucosamine will not help if the problem is uh is already in stage three or four.
2: Yeah, I, then I thought it'll help much. You know, uh, you I mean, still can try to see whether it helps your pain, but I thought it'll help much at that stage. So it helps much in the earlier phase.
0: So, if this only is this only something that older folks go through uh, joint pains? Because at what point? I mean, are you, should you be in your thirties or forties when you start feeling joint pains, and then you should start taking glu- uh, glucosamine?
2: I think it all depends again. Some people, uh, you know, because of trauma, the way they have. Uh, see, I, I have a problem with my knees because when I was younger, I used to play a lot of hockey, lot of injuries. At the same time, to so run marathons at those days, you know, half 10k, and, uh, half marathons. So combination of that, I did have a problem with my knees. So so I got patients in their 30s and 40s who have, you know, you know jogging on the heart surface, you know, and people do that, you know, people don't know they're younger, they think anything is possible. So trauma during sports can cause uh, you know, damage to the knees that to start the uh, inflammation going and arthritis starts. So if you got patients in your 40s and 50s, where to go for knee surgery, you know, mm. and you want to avoid it because good uh, the joints now are much better. They can last more than 20 years. But still, if you get a surgery done in your 40s, you, you know, at your 60s, again, you're in trouble because you might have to another one so uh so you want to delay that and all but uh yeah i agree with you most of the people who have are in their 60s and both, like most of them are older people but some because of trauma or sports injuries can get it earlier
1: now for example for for someone like us in our late 30s in our early 40s and we don't have knee problems yet if we take glucosamine will it help in the long run
2: Actually, it's no point, you know, because I thought uh, if you have any issues, you'd want to simply take something for no reason. Now, remember, glucosamine is normally contraindicated in diabetes, because like the oh. words say, glucose amina, because it can shoot up your sugar in diabetics. Now, what about normal people? I'm not sure. So, if you start taking glucosamine at a young age, without any symptoms, we don't know whether taking it over how long you will take it, you know, five years, ten years, oh. twenty years, you don't know. You don't know whether over long term it'll disturb your sugar. So uh, I would just go for a good exercise. Make sure your quadriceps are strong, the muscles around the joints are strong, and that's that's what you should focus on. And don't do anything that will damage your joints. That's basically, prevention.
1: Are there any supplements that we can take to prevent osteoarthritis from developing at later age?
2: I don't know whether there's anything to prevent, but I think one of the focus, uh, osteoarthritis is an inflammatory disease now, you know, it's inflammation. So acute inflammation do occur. And what you can do is take things that reduce inflammation overall. One is a diet that's full of, you know, uh, anti-inflammatory stuff, so your vegetables, fruits, your herbs, spices, uh, things like turmeric and cinnamon and all that. And they say some supplements that are, that helps in inflammation, like your fish oils, you know, omega-3s, your turmeric. Uh, all these things that reduce inflammation uh, the body probiotics also can help that uh, you know taking antioxidants to reduce free radicals so whether that will help with prevention uh, we don't know because prevention studies are very difficult to actually do because you don't know how long it'll take and how long you have to monitor people so uh, but we know that this uh, eating the right diet taking the right supplements can reduce inflammation and that i suppose will help in the long run so know how you know but again mm-hmm. make sure you you Get the right sort of dosages, or get some right information before you simply go and take anything into your body. And remember, supplement supplement your lifestyle; huh? they don't replace your lifestyle. So lifestyle is still with the key.
0: Now, do people ever get over osteoarthritis? I mean, if you continuously take glucosamine, I mean, like like this Hodges, do you actually get better, or is just something you just have to manage?
2: I suppose I don't know whether can reverse. I thought it get reverse, but I suppose you can prevent it from getting worse. So if you, you know, make sure you don't get it into the later stage of the grade of the arthritis, you know, the main thing is you want to be pain-free, you want to be mobile to do all the activities, and you want to prevent the surgery. And I think that's where you have to look at all these other things to do, you know, right exercise, the right nutrition, the right supplements to support that prevent it. And I suppose reducing inflammation is good because, you know, a lot of diseases today are secondary to inflammation. So... If you see inflammation in the body, you know, it will help prevent even the other diseases that are, you know, that we have. So I think that's important.
0: All right. Uh, welcome once again if you just joined us on a very special Facebook Live edition of the HealthWise Free Clinic. We are with uh, our rock star doctor, Dr. Raj president of the Malaysian Wellness Society. And uh, he's here to answer all your medical questions. So, um Log on to my right now if you're tuning in. Of course, you're already there. And you can ask questions there. Dr. Rajmans will answer it uh, for you right now.
1: Now, there's a follow-up question to uh, Liz's uh, Glucosamine and Knee question by Ronnie Tam. Does reducing jogging activity in old age reduce knee joint issues?
2: Again, that's a very interesting good question, you know, because uh, I... You know, I, I see people, some of patients in their 80s still jogging, you know, and they seem, seem to be okay. And then I got others who have, you know, uh, in their 50s and 60s, have already got knee problems and they stopped jogging. Uh, so I think there must be a genetic component to that, that part of it. Uh, but again... Um, uh, Doing it right, you know, having the right technique of running, uh, I think someone responsible probably we do say this better, but right technique, wearing the right shoes, running on the right surface, will definitely help. And if you start having pains, I, I would advise them to stop, because uh, as you get older, the chances of uh, you know going into more problems are there. Uh, uh, I, I, for example, I stopped jogging a long time ago. I go more into walking now because of the Issues with my injuries to the knee, so for me, walking is, uh, please walking is what I do now. And so again, I think it's very individualized. Uh, if you are okay, you have got no pain, you're very good, you know, you jog, nothing happens. I, I, then fair enough, you carry on. Uh, especially if your doctor says you're fit to carry on. Um, but if you start having certain issues or pains and all then I would keep for not jog when you're older, uh, then I would actually go more for brisk walking. So again, depends on very individualized. Uh, you know, very difficult to say who can or who cannot, right? Because I mean, we we see people in the overseas who are in the 90s and hundreds who are still jogging. You know, so yeah. Uh, whether whether how they maintain and what probably there's a you know some all of us uh, have our problems with our genes. So whether they are able to switch off that that uh, genome and they are. Able to run that age, but I think majority of people, as they get older, I would think that they should actually go more into brisk walking than to carry on jogging.
0: All right, uh, actually, Dr. Rajman, your, your injuries because you, you said that you actually have uh, knee joint issues coming from all those years of playing hockey and whatnot. Do you get it specifically at when when it because I have a friend who goes through that, uh, he's older, he's around 60 plus. It happens only when it rains. It's not always. Uh, it's a. It's it's a constant thing. How do you how do you manage that? I mean, when it's only based on weather and and certain circumstances.
2: Yeah, I suppose the cold cold can aggravate. there's a lot of people in the winter in you know, overseas their joints seem to have caused more pain. They said they love hot weather. They like to come here. Uh, I think cold aggravates the you know the uh, surprisingly the pain in the in the joints. Uh, so. I suppose keeping warm, uh, using some heat therapies, there are a lot of uh, gels and sprays out there that can help you to relieve that uh, symptom during that acute phase. But now we know osteoarthritis is an acute inflammatory disease, so uh, so during the inflammation, you can try. uh, really painful. You might have to take certain medication. uh, But uh, if I get that issue, I just take uh, things to reduce the inflammation, more of local gels, increase my, you know, uh, things like my turmeric and my... Uh, make arteries and try to reduce the inflammation uh, mm-hmm. then it normally goes away
1: mm-hmm. would creams that you put you know like those muscle creams and whatnot help with knee pain
2: or yeah, knee joint help. pains yeah it does help this uh, you know it ha- can help to reduce the pain at least uh, i prefer more uh, you know there are a lot of uh, even herbal uh, uh, stuff out there herbal creams that i create that you can apply that are a bit more safer uh, sprays that are there but uh, i prefer that when you take oral pain medication because that have their own side effects so use local therapies heat therapies one way to get you know uh, local gels or physiotherapy will help where they use uh, in things like ultrasounds and all that too so different modalities to see what to do with the pain okay
1: Ronnie has a very funny um, input to your question, JD. It's like a built-in weather detection of incoming rain.
0: It is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly.
2: So, uh, I think so when it, it really, rains, rain, so I you know, your knees pain, are pain. Yeah. <laughs> it's true, okay, it's going to rain now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thanks for that question, Ronnie, and for that uh, input. Now, we have another question that just came in from Ida Reza. She said that, I have just had a full hysterectomy a week ago. Oh, I hope you're feeling a little bit better now, Ida. I have heard that it is harder for us in experience in experiencing induced menopause. Do we need supplements to help us with this? When can we start to take it after the surgery? So Ida just had a hysterectomy. Um, is it harder for her to now because she's going to experience menopause?
2: But uh, were the ovaries intact, or did they remove the ovaries? So that's just the question uh, in that Ida maybe
0: can uh, yeah follow up on that yeah, so we can we can get more information. Yeah, because if it's just
2: hysterectomy, sometimes the doctors uh, leave the ovaries, so your hormones I can still be there. No, but if they remove the ovaries, then you are, you are, you are, you're 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 like basically going into menopause. And uh, so again, the best is to discuss with the gynee what's the best option. Uh, because uh, you know today we know that uh, uh, hormones uh, replacement have their own issues. So uh, if you are at risk of certain things like breast cancer and all that, the doctor might not want to give you hormone replacement. They might try other alternatives. Uh, but if you're not at risk and you you if you're going to get symptoms. Uh, so it all depends also on her age, you know, and uh, so that's something you have to, do. I think your gynae will be the best person who operated on you to discuss with you uh, what's the best uh, option for her. Uh, you know, again, healthy lifestyle, you know, exercise, all that. So even though women, when they go menopause, estrogen and all progesterone goes down, but you remember other hormones like the DHEA, pregnenolone, your growth hormones are all there right and all this respond to the healthy lifestyle a good diet, exercise sleep stress all that will reduce the bad hormones like cortisol reduce the good hormones and they can actually compensate for the hormones that they have lost the estrogen and progesterone right so i know people women who are very healthy who have gone into menopause but because they've got a very healthy lifestyle they don't get all the problems of menopause like others do you know so i think it's important for that uh, real good healthy lifestyle is there but whether she needs uh any hormone replacement depends on whether ovaries are there or taken out and if she does need whether uh, she's safe or to take so that the gynae has to discuss with her
0: actually updated she said removed ovaries
2: removed huh so so definitely that means she yeah. needs uh, so she's the hormones are going to be low so this is something really she needs to discuss with her gynae and see whether she needs it, and then for how long she needs you know because uh, they have to look at the overall history uh, risk of other problems you know some people are more prone for like say thrombosis risk of breast cancer family history all that the gynae has to look at all that and then see whether it's safe for her and then how much you replace all that is something uh again uh, you know the doctor did the operation for I'll be the best person to discuss this
1: How about supplements, doctor? Can she take any supplements to help with sort of delaying the onset of menopause or or reducing the symptoms of menopause?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, do people do take things like evening primrose oil, omega-3s. Some of them do seem to help. They are also herbals, uh, you know. But the herbal ones are just like you're taking your hormone replacement. So, in that one she has to discuss with the black cohort, she has to discuss with the gynae. But taking omega-3s and EPOs, that should be quite safe. Uh, mm. so that, uh, look at that first before she wants to try uh, uh, a
1: Okay. And she can take it now, one week after surgery, or should she wait a little I think, while longer?
2: Uh, uh, anything you just wait. You know, all the surgery uh, effects will go away in about six weeks. So, I would wait until then and then sit down and discuss with the gynae or do her own research and see what's the best option for her.
1: Another question now from Errol. Uh, He said that he was on a wheelchair for one year. After discharge from hospital, I did physiotherapy and then I started to take uh, hyaluronic acid and in one year, I could stand up and walk. So, I cancelled my knee replacement operation. I'm 71 years old now. Wow.
2: Yeah, so I suppose uh, uh, the combination of the physiotherapy and, uh, you know, and uh, probably that was, uh, so if he's, uh, you know, knees, uh, I think his uh, operation was what operation he was thinking of, they wanted to do for him, his knees, isn't it?
1: I think he cancelled his knee replacement operation. Yeah. He was yeah. he was due for knee replacement operation right. and he, it was so painful that he was on the wheelchair for a year. Uh but he was discharged from the hospital. I'm not sure whether he went into the hospital for something Based or not.
0: On just taking this, uh, this acid, he could walk again and didn't need knee replacement surgery.
2: Is that uh, so? I think is it's a. That... Uh, I don't know because we don't know how bad his knee is. But he was definitely in pain because, uh, and then of course he's affected his uh, activities. So it's on a wheelchair. Uh, but like I said, arthritis is an inflammatory disease. You know, it can flare up and come down, flare up again. Physiotherapy will definitely help. He's taken one of the supplements that uh, you know. There, like I said, there are many supplements out there, from glucosamine, chondroitin, MSM, the avocado, soya base, uh, now hyaluric acid. Uh, whether that actually helped, or whether it was part of his disease, uh, you know, up, flares up and going down, or whether the physiotherapy helped, and so I think probably it's a combination mm-hmm. of all, and that's very good. You know, if he's uh, able to uh, delay or even prevent the surgery, that would be good. So. Uh, what exactly helped you to don't know? So, uh, I see that a lot of patients actually can have fly ups and then they go away. And uh, uh, whatever you've done, I'm sure it was not only really just the supplement and the physio, it's also probably his lifestyle that he must have improved. So, all that will help. Uh, so, so should he continue taking it? There's no harm. I think he carry on taking it. But I think uh, uh, just hope that. The, fly up doesn't come back you know uh, you should uh, i would assume even if carry on the physiotherapy that is doing i mean once you learn what to do you can do it at home you know the therapy mm-hmm. the exercises for your muscles for your knee, and whatever else they have advised him to do we can carry on at home
1: okay hope that answers your question well i think arrow was just trying to uh come in and talk to us about uh knee like All a knee the- surgery we were talking about it earlier right like how to avoid knee replacement surgery okay now we received another message or a question from wing hong um what causes continuous purging doctor i've been experiencing it for the past two days i went to the clinic this morning they gave me charcoal tablets and loperamide. please help
2: I mean uh you know gastroenteritis probably that's what she has commonest cause is still infective you know virus uh, bacteria uh, if she got just diarrhea and no other symptoms like vomiting and fever probably just a mild uh, you know viral thing uh, rotavirus is very common for that the other viruses uh, sometimes toxins you know eating wrong food but normally toxins uh, uh, like food poisoning you also get vomiting so uh, this uh, of course uh, uh, this one very acute, so it just looks like some sort of infective process. Sometimes people have sort of diarrhoea, could be just, you know, uh, stress, irritable bowel syndrome, all that can cause diarrhoea. Um, but hers looks like very acute, uh, so I think it's probably some sort of uh, infection. So what they've given is the right thing, charcoal, poparamite, maybe some soft diet for, you know, the next one, two days, and it should settle. Now, if the diarrhoea doesn't settle after five days, then it's something more chronic. Just so go back and see the doctor, if any other new symptoms develop, uh, things like uh, vomiting, abdominal pains, fever, then you must be worried whether it's going into something more serious like a bacterial thing. For example, glacier, things like typhoid, leptospira, uh, any of the salmonella infection, all these can suddenly uh, you know, cause uh, diarrhea, and, uh, but symptoms are normally more severe. They'll have fever and also hers looks like a very simple, straightforward sort of a uh, viral, maybe diarrhea. You just set up uh, with the medication and just you know avoiding sort of uh, heavy meals and all that. Just some soft diet for the next two three days. You should get better.
1: Speaking of salmonella, I remember reading this article about like almost a hundred people in Tringanu who Wait. contracted food poisoning from eating this pudding that they bought online, and it was big. Be- because think this has, is expired and might contain some kind of bacteria. And it actually, um unfortunately, one person actually died after a septic shock, I think, after being in the hospital for this, for food poisoning.
2: Uh, yeah, Salmonella is uh, the commonest we have with Salmonella typho- Typhi, which is what we typhoid and uh, salmonella can be actually very aggressive infections you know you can actually get septic uh, similar septic shock people actually have died from salmonella infections um so again it's a contaminated food very common we on and off you know recently in my hospital last three months i had about 10 cases of typhoid you know and uh, again is probably because of what they were eating or drinking you know uh, mm. so uh, so you must always be careful because this is quite endemic in Asia on and off we do get a sort of patients getting typhoid salmonella infection uh rarely you get like this where they go for a, some sort of kanduri or dinner or party and suddenly everyone gets infected because there's some yeah. infective source uh, but most mm-hmm. uh, individual infections are very common so anyone coming to us with fever abdominal pain diarrhea this is one of the standard tests we do you know we used to be yeah. like, you know you got fever we'll do dengue we'll do for typhoid of course now we do for covid so so these are like standard tests that we do when somebody has a uh, symptoms of fever and abdominal pain and diarrhea, right? Uh, so earlier, uh, I mean, uh, her symptoms are just mostly diarrhea, so unlikely to be typhoid because that one normally is more severe. They get severe abdominal pains, they get vomiting, they can get diarrhea, high fevers. So Cinderella it's normally more serious infection.
0: And if it's a stomach issue, maybe just cut down on the chili padi. That's my
2: Two cents yeah. worth, right there. Yeah, I wonder whether that was what she took. Huh?
1: Or the dairy, all the dairy. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, Those are lactose intolerance or a like problem with dairy. Chilli party per se shouldn't, unless you are sort of a sensitive. Yeah, if
1: someone theory. just has diarrhea, what kind yeah. of
2: food? Should you? I think, I think you, probably your mom or grandmother would have told you that when you get diarrhea, you know, just stick to something very soft. Uh, you know, like your porridge or soups or you know kanji and things like that i think that's the way for the body to rest you know we don't want to give it too much of things so that the the stomach and the colon have to digest because you know it's already having an inflammatory infective process going on so you want something light going into your especially fluids so no oily food no chili patties and no uh, sort of fried stuff that you want to take you know so stick to soft soft diet and a lot of fluids
0: actually dr
2: ranchman when is it just
0: like I ate too much chili padi, and I I mean I've eaten too much spicy food, and that's a stomach ache? When is it technically, I mean officially, I had diarrhea, I had food poisoning? When what what's that? Not that line.
2: I don't know. I suppose you can if you take a lot of chili padi and it's stimulant, you know, chili padi and spicy food are a stimulant. They stimulate your gut, so you could have some loose tools right uh but normally they, they don't run like watery stools that are continuous and you'll have a spit of a holic you know, a bit and you have some loose tools and they stop uh, after you know after two three hours after the food you have eaten because it's a stimulant uh, whereas if you are infective process it will be continuous things like hers was going on for two days so that's definitely not because of something she added something that's going on though uh, in Action or some sort of toxin
1: so you were saying earlier that if after five days she is still purging then she should go and get another
2: checkup yeah they go and check up because now you start thinking whether it's not a simple viral uh you know sort of uh, gastroenteritis It's probably something different than we normally go and do things like blood tests tool cultures to see what we are dealing with
1: we have Dr. Raj Bans here with us. He's the president of the Malaysian Wellness Society. And this is the special edition of Healthwise Free Clinic. So if you have any medical questions at all, you can uh, leave them down there at the comment section of our Facebook Live right now. And a doctor will answer them straight away. We receive a question actually from uh, Robert. Um, his question is about this new norm. Uh, with us going back to work, we've grown accustomed to having to use hand disinfectants to keep us clean, but I've noticed my hands get incredibly dry and sometimes hurts. Is is having too much disinfectant bad on our skin?
2: Yeah, I suppose it's a type of disinfectant because a lot of them got alcohol. And if you're yeah. sensitive to yeah. that, you can have the dry skin. What, like, you and I have the same problem if i use a lot of the strong alcohol ones i get dry skin and sometimes you know it gets like a bit uh, painful so like i use a lot of herbal ones now you know there are also herbal sanitizers that are there which are much gentler much safer and also just as effective so you can try things like that uh, you know so look at your sanitizer and see whether it's uh, something that's got too much of uh, you know, chemicals or, or alcohol and then maybe change to something more gentler um, uh, of course again don't get paranoid about you know that every few minutes you want to put the sanitizer on you know because once you put it unless you're going and touching places that are not sanitized let's say if you're in your office and it's a clean environment or at home you don't have to keep on putting that sanitizer you know but if you're touching surfaces that are dirty you know then you might want to do that or if you're you know uh, meet someone that you're worried you want to use the sanitizer but uh, yeah, some people are actually allergic to these uh, sort of sanitizers and the chemicals. Uh, so their option would be whether to wear gloves and then use the sanitizer. That's one option, or change to something that's less uh, uh, chemical based. Okay. So use uh, her- herbal ones. Yeah, so those are quite quite gentle, quite good.
1: But those that are gentle and herbal based, um, do they kill germs and viruses as effectively they as the alcohol?
2: I mean, they should be still uh, quite safe, you know, uh, they, whether they're as effective as the alcohol ones, but I think if you wash your hands, the simple, actually the best thing is you can just wash your hands with soap and water, you know, that is just as effective. And I use that a lot, you know, you know, as I do rounds in the hospital, every time I see a patient, I come back, I just wash my hands with soap and water. I mean, wash means wash nicely, and not just rinse your, you know, you just put, make sure you put the soap and water and really wash it. And it's most of the time, much more effective and more gentle to your hands, so you can try that. Uh, but uh, I think uh, if if you're having problems with allergy, now well, if you gonna kind of have allergy and you have breakouts, uh, in fact that's more dangerous because now you're gonna mm-hmm. see sort of a uh, skin breakdown, and that's where more easier for other infections to even come in. So uh, if you're getting that problem, change the sanitizer or wear gloves make sure you don't pray.
1: I see a lot uh, of people wearing gloves to go buy groceries. Do you think that's necessary or is it healthier in that way?
2: I mean, I don't think so it's necessary. So far, no one is from WHO to the University of Health have not said that gloves are a must. Uh, I suppose if you are worried and uh, maybe they have the same problem, they are allergic to sanitizers, you know. So I know people mm. uh, have that issue. Then maybe, like I said, gloves is an alternative because if you put sanitizer on your gloves, it's okay because you're not going to disturb the hands. So uh, so maybe that is something else you have to think of. But it, by just wearing gloves itself is not really uh, necessary. Unless, see, I don't know, one asks us to wear gloves. Even mm. in the hospitals, we don't right. wear gloves unless we're examining a patient. Then we wear okay. gloves because we have to examine, yeah.
1: Alright, let's move on to our next question from Siti Majiha. My husband ha- came home last month after being cured of COVID-19 and now I am pregnant. Uh, is my baby in danger of contracting COVID-19?
2: I'm sure they would have done his uh, COVID test twice and uh, it definitely must be negative. Others would never release him out into the you know community. right? So, uh, once you're negative, then you're no more infective. So, it's no problem. She should be safe from him. You know, but COVID is still out there. So she still has to take all the necessary precautions. But if the husband has been cured and you have done, uh, to discharge you, they're sure they're too negative. And now they're saying that even after 14 days, COVID is not so infective anymore. So now okay. they infect. As soon as you complete 14 days, they can discharge you from the quarantine. So I think she don't have to worry.
1: I think she's worried about um, the baby because... I think maybe she got pregnant after the husband came home um, after being de- discharged they're from
2: they're... hospital. Yeah, so he would have been negative, and I'm sure they would have screened her because she's mm. in contact with someone who is positive. So I'm sure she would have been screened and she must be negative. Right? Or other thing, whether they quarantine her and she got no symptoms, or so should be no problem.
1: But there's Actually, a virus for... in the sperm, I guess. That's what she's worried about.
2: No. But uh, she would have had uh, doubt that will be a uh, issue, you know? so, because so far we got no uh, nothing to say that he can uh, transmit that way, he's still got droplets that uh, that is transmitted.
0: Actually, Dr. Aswan, on the flip side of that, um, because he the husband actually contracted COVID 19, he's cured, so I'm assuming he was positive at one point, he got over it, he's negative now, and then now they're pregnant with the baby. Will that baby automatically uh, pick up antibodies for COVID nineteen? Does is that how it also works?
2: We don't know. I'm not sure of that one. Uh, whether you, uh, you know, we're not even sure whether, whether COVID can get antibodies because right now COVID is so new. Nobody seems to be sure. You know, they say not everyone is uh, you know uh, converting to you know uh, getting antibodies. So uh, I think time will tell uh, because COVID has been around only for six months. We no one is really sure whether people actually do get immune is there a chance of herd immunity no one really sure and how many people convert to the antibody we are not sure um, so the baby part is a tougher question to ask so i'm not really sure on that one right so uh, but i'm sure with uh you know you know in the due time more information will be available and we'll know much more about this disease um, it is a novel virus something new so we don't know how it is Is it going to be same like the other viruses that will be before this, or H1N1 SARS and all, or is mm. COVID going to be different? Only time will tell, you know, as we do more research.
1: What happens in H1N1 though? Something that we are more familiar with. Does it con- uh, Does it uh, goes from transmit. mother to baby? Does it transmit from no. mother to baby?
2: It's again a droplet. Most of the time it's, uh, you know, contacted to someone, uh, direct contact. So H1N1 is not uh, transmitted that way. Mm all right but different from other viruses are huh? like HIV yes so every virus seems to be different you know they they have their own uh, sort of uh, way they transmit so some viruses are through mosquitoes for example dengue and all right uh, but you don't get dengue from contact of people
0: you know? mm-hmm. now, I,
2: if I got dengue and I...
0: dengue right now because I huh? think it's a it's a right now for dengue as well yeah, so not
2: dengue is in fact getting more than uh, this thing but if you got dengue and you cough to someone you won't the other person won't pick up dengue right yeah. and it's also a virus but a mosquito must bite you doesn't with dengue and bite you yeah. then you can get dengue right so all this virus you know all are so different you know it's interesting that uh, you know every but virus you have their own character. The
1: <laughs> they have different personalities
0: yeah, yeah. maybe
2: yeah yeah. So COVID, we we'll have to wait and see where how it behaves and what happens.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. We receive another question from Pam. Um, after having a stroke, can my father continue his Tai Chi? Is it dangerous for his brain?
2: This so I, question think, I think uh, if he's uh, uh, already on medication and you know he's uh, the doctors have discharge him, he's uh, uh, you know uh, uh, back to normal uh i i think tai chi is a very good exercise to do you know i think it's a, it's a great exercise most people you still put them on a physiotherapy program anyway which is a lot of exercise you know we do a lot of uh, rehab they do somewhere like two hours a day so i think uh going on back to tai chi will be something i really would recommend to do you know, Go ahead, don't worry as long as blood pressure is well controlled and you've got no other issues the doctor says you know to go home he's on uh, the medication he should do tai chi because uh, prevention is good tai chi is help his muscles regain his strength and uh and it's actually a very good exercise post-stroke that's tai chi all these are good uh, of course he must make sure he don't over exert himself uh, but tai chi is a slow exercise so i think it should be no issue
1: all right. Is there anything that um, Pam has to look out for, though, after uh, to care for a patient after suffering from stroke?
2: Yeah, I mean, strokes are there many different types. Whether it's a hemorrhagic, whether it's a, what's it, a block, infarct, uh, where which part of the body, you know, was it like a paralysis, or sometimes you just get, uh, you know, uh, what they call upper motor neuron you know, just over the face. So it's all different type of strokes. Uh, and uh, but once they have gone over the acute phase, now they have to look at rehabilitation. And most of the time, we put uh, medication to prevent further stroke, hypertension, control that diabetes, make sure you control it. restaurant mm-hmm. we bring it down and put them on an exercise program to rehab. So basically, he's now going to Tai Chi, which is sort of a rehab also. Uh, but if he gets complaints, like, you know, when he goes Tai Chi, he gets giddy or he feels unsteady, then quickly he must go and get checked up. Lah. Otherwise, if mm-hmm. he's fine, then no issues, go ahead and just carry on.
1: Because the stroke is like, it affects the brain, right? Just like how a yes. uh, heart attack attacks the yes. heart, the, the yes. vein, the heart, it attacks the brain. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so it's a brain attack. Instead of calling it a heart attack, you call it a brain attack, right? Uh, but there are certain uh, different types of strokes, you know, where it's a bleed, hemorrhaging, which can be more serious, more severe or blockage where it just blocks one, blocks one part of the artery, depending on which artery. So you can get like a complete weakness or it can just uh, can be complete zero or you can get just a mile. So all that uh, varies. Uh, he seems to recover. If he can do Tai Chi, that means he's probably recovered from whatever that happened. And uh, he knows that he's going to an acute, uh, active rehabilitation program and Tai Chi is a good way to start.
1: All right, thank you for that. So this is the free clinic with Dr. Rajbans on Healthwise today. So if you have any medical questions at all, you can send them in to us right now on our comment section. Just type it there at the comment section, and Dr. Rajbans will answer it for you immediately. And uh, I think uh, Liz has a follow up question to her uh, to how she can work out. Meepin. She's asking whether or not um, if she's if she goes on the treadmill it'll be okay for her with her knee pain because I think earlier um, we answered Ronnie's question like would it be okay to jog at an older age so if is it okay to walk on the treadmill
2: yeah again again, depends on uh, how severe your knee is uh, or, or which grade of arthritis but start off walking and see how if there's no pain you know that's a good way to start slowly building up your exercise but i also wanted to learn to do some you know exercises to strengthen her muscles around the knee the and all that good but i think walking is a very good exercise to maintain you know and mm. but start gentle see if there's no pain then you can slowly improve and you know build up on that of course if there's any pain then you have to stop and go back and see the doctor to see whether you know if something else needs to be done uh, so, but if there's no pain, then I think walking on a treadmill, I suppose treadmill has got, uh, it still can cause a sort of, a, you know, stress on the knee. But if you go gentle and go slowly, you can actually slowly strengthen your knee and, you know, slowly build up from there. So,
0: but actually on that, a lot of uh, athletes who have ACL injuries, uh, they don't go on a treadmill. What they do is they, they actually do aqua, like they, they go into the, into the pool and then they, they they train within that in that that space. Is that something that um, Liz can um I think explore? if you can
2: do that, it's very good because a lot of my patients who are old who are osteoarthritis who also want to exercise and they're they scared of surgery or they they're not fit for surgery, the best exercise for them is walk in the pool. You know? mm. That's the best exercise. It takes it. The gravity takes. The gravity takes away the pain. Oh, no impact. A good yeah, just walking up and down the pool, and uh, you know, I had a hundred and one year old lady whose granddaughters used to hold both her hands and walk up and down the pool, you no, know, ten times, right? So, uh, and, and she, I mean, hundred and one, you didn't want to operate on her knees, you know, and uh, uh, so she had pain when she walked on normal surface, but walking in the pool was fantastic for her, you know, and went on to leave another. Till 104, so you know that's a good exercise. You know they we call it hydrotherapy in uh, you know physio. So uh, that's actually very good, very safe, no problems. You can do that.
1: Is there a place here in Malaysia that provides hydrotherapy that people can go to?
2: I think there are many places. I think there are one two hospitals I think that provide hydrotherapy in check out and see. But most of the places today don't because it's not easy to maintain the, these pools. And uh, Mm -hmm. most people, you know, want to share their, you know, go to a place where other people also. Uh, So it's not taken Mm -hmm. off very well in uh, this country. So I don't know whether there are any more still running out there because I think most of them actually stopped. uh, A lot of them now use a lot of special machines. There are special machines that are available that help you to strengthen your knee uh, using this, you know, this new technology and using new machines. A lot of them come from Europe and other places where they, they work on your knee, and these are just oh. all machine-based. So I think that that's the trend today than to, you know, than to go back to things like old things like hydrotherapy. So that's where the physiotherapy are going into that, more into high-tech uh, ways to you know, help improve your joint and your knees and you know use things like braces and all that uh, things to help stabilize the knee. So I think that's the way that is going. Uh, so I don't think so there's any hydrotherapy, but hydrotherapy, basically you can find any pool anywhere and walk inside.
0: Which, unfortunately, you can't do right now because right pools now have not like...
2: Yeah, yeah so right now <laughs> you can Unless you're working, in a, staying in a place where you have a pool, you know, for condos, then you yeah, I mean, can... Yeah. yeah.
1: No, even condo pools are still closed to public, Is I think, oh, unless okay. you have a yeah. I mean,
2: if you're it's staying there, I think you can. Yeah, I don't know.
1: <laughs> um, how about low-tech knee guard, uh, Doc? Will that help? Because I mean, my grandma... Knee guard for yeah. the longest time. Like, um, I don't know whether it helps or not.
2: Again, it's, uh, again some people wear the knee guard and say their pain gets better and they can walk, mm. so go ahead. Uh. You can try all these uh, simple things. You can try first.
1: Okay, thank you very much doctor for that. Uh, let's get to our final question from Majus. Uh, my husband recently developed an allergy to seafood. He's never had any issues before, so why would someone pick up allergies at 60 years old should i be concerned that he will develop other food allergies and how can we check for that doctor
2: yeah i think that's a good question because people have come and asked me this you know that suddenly out of nowhere they've been let eating prawns all their life and suddenly one day they took prawns and they got allergy and i think it's not the prawn per se because all these seafood one of the things they do is they are actually the scavengers of the sea Things like your crabs, your muscles, your and they probably have taken some toxin into their body. You know, they have eaten that. And now you're eating that toxin and probably that toxin is causing that allergy. Mm It's probably not the seafood. So I got people who have taken through all their life for muscles and never got it then one day they get allergy. And then later they try again and they don't get the allergy anymore. So it could be some toxin in the seafood that actually caused the allergy at this age. You know, because if it's really allergic to prawn, you'll have got it much earlier and today. You know, our sea is full of so many different toxins and things like uh, your prawns, your mussels, your crabs. I think, but they got filters of the sea, they actually filter these toxins, and this toxin can stay stuck in their body, right? And, uh, and this mm-hmm. is even heavy metals now. They say, you know, we get from our seafood, uh, so we must be careful of that. So, that could be one of the reasons uh, why you got allergy at this age is probably not from the seafood itself, but probably from some, some toxin that was ingested by that, that seafood. so seafood. Uh, so on the other hand whether it's uh getting algae at this age normally is rare or his system is changing and this will be a first sign that he's I getting too much you know. of uh, yeah you know too much of free radicals too much of inflammation in the body now your body mm-hmm. is changing you know allergies can occur at, uh, you know suddenly so he has to look back at his lifestyle and see whether anything there he needs to do uh, i would look at again foods that are you know, reduced inflammation take more probiotics to make sure your gut is good with a uh, healthy bacteria take foods that are you know uh, that are more prebiotics such as uh, fiber Things like yogurt and all that, uh, you know, uh, things like uh, you know tempeh, all these, uh, you know, things that are actually also natural probiotics. So we can go and look at taking all that to help. Uh, uh, because this also could be a sign of a toxic gut syndrome, and the leaky gut syndrome. They say you know, so these are some of the things you look at, but probably just the chance he's taken a seafood that has some toxin, and that was the one that caused the allergy. Hopefully, it I think won't come back again. So yeah.
0: Suddenly, he got seafood allergy. And then what's next? Um, like uh, wheat? What's that? Uh, Gluten uh, uh, allergy. Aller- aller- uh, so, it's and not that, that because you get one allergy, you're going to get al- other allergies as well.
2: Right? Not but Unless his system is changing, that means he's going into a place where he's actually getting the key cut syndrome. Mm-hmm and his whole uh, body's uh, immune system is getting weak that way, he's, you know, inflammation going up, free radicals, and uh, then he has to really look at it. If he gets other allergies, then he has to really look at his lifestyle because he's already triggering mm-hmm. something in him. If it's a one-off thing, then I wouldn't really worry.
1: So you get, if you get like hives and allergies all of a sudden, is it like symptomatic of something that's
2: about note. to happen? A one-off no because any of all of us can suddenly get a uh, exposure to a sudden uh, you know high dose of allergen the body finds it uh there's something foreign and it can cause a, a sort of reaction and it may never come back again you know uh, so i got a patient who had never taken prawns all he said nothing happened went to lakawi to tiger prawns and a severe allergic reaction and after never he's uh, by mistake took prawns again a few months later and nothing happened You know, he's back to eating prawns so that one off was whether he's taken some toxin with that that uh, you know tiger mm. prawn that caused that reaction and like, never come back yeah, one again. Point yeah.
0: off, had like this red tide thing, they were telling us not to eat the cockles and whatever, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. So it's again the toxin. So it might be a one-off thing, but if once recurrent, you know, getting recurrent allergies, recurrent sinus problem, recurrent eczema, that shows your system is now <laughs> gone into a hyperactive mode, and you have to reverse that. You know, and then look at your overall lifestyle.
1: All right. I think that's all the time we have oh, for today. I'm- Thank you so much Dr. Rajbans for joining us.